1: I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Welcome to TC Live as we begin week two of the Italian Open. Atticus once said it rained in Rome and the ruins glimmered. And I suddenly remembered that nothing lasts forever. Not clouds, not kingdoms, not rainstorms. The sun will return tomorrow. Here's what's coming up on the show. It is arguably the upset of the year. The world number two out. We'll show you how a qualifier achieved everlasting glory in the eternal city. Plus, Big Foe looking to carve his place among the statues in Rome. But could the American power past a true Italian artist? And the celebration continues as we look back on two decades of tennis on the only network to carry that name. A salute to the 20th anniversary of Tennis Channel is on the way. Come on in to our dry studios here in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman got the big hitters with me today. Hall of Famer Jim Courier to my left. Hall of Famer Andy Roddick on the big screen as always. A happy anniversary. It was today. It was May 15, 2003. It was 20 years ago today, you say? Tennis Channel had its birth. We're celebrating.
2: Amazing. It's been awesome to, uh, to watch as a fan for a lot of those years and to be a part of the family with you and with Andy now and... So many people, not just on screen, but behind the screens that work tirelessly to bring this product out. Uh, My only regret is that it wasn't around when I was playing because my family would have uh, been able to watch so many more matches. Back in in those days, in the 90s, it was basically weekend tennis or uh, occasionally during the weeks, but... Tennis Channel has just brought it for tennis fans time and time again. It's, it's awesome to see.
1: It, it really has. And, Andy, it, we've been blessed to have you with us for, for a couple of years now since the pandemic, uh, being a part of the TC family. What has Tennis Channel meant to you?
3: Uh, it's been great. You know, it, it, luckily for me, it was, it, was, uh, it, it was there most of my career, uh, uh, unlike Jim. So um, it, it was always just great to be able to watch the tennis, to engage, uh, to be able to participate in matches that were aired on Tennis Channel, and then um you know obviously the pandemic was a was a horrible horrible thing but um i guess one silver lining was was uh asking for a job with tennis channel uh it being granted and setting precedent uh to be able to engage this way so uh, it's been amazing for me i I'm, I'm just so happy to be a part of the tennis channel family now and uh, hopefully we can we can keep doing shows like this a little longer, Steve.
1: Yeah, let's go for 20 more years. Uh, there's another birthday today as well. We'll tell you about that later on TC Lab. But let's start with the highlights straight to the match of the day. Carlos Alcaraz on a 12-match win streak about to get back to number one in the world, Andy, facing Fabian Marajan playing his first tour-level main draw.
3: Yeah, and listen, I'm, this is the, the part where I get to being a dummy because yesterday I said I just didn't see anything happening besides uh, one-way traffic for for Carlos Alcarez, but uh, Margot, he played a great match, uh, played up the line on defense a lot and caught Carlos uh, in, a, in a number of these rallies. Uh, Carlos is always there. He's always going to fight. Uh, is always going to try to mix things up. Uh, but it was weird. The matchup looked a little weird. Carlos looked like he was slipping and sliding uh, on the clay a little bit more. Uh, the crowd was a little stunned. Uh, you So know, to sort of be able to kind of play this uh, ins and outs the, the entire way was just uh, an amazing, uh, amazing accomplishment uh, for this young man. Uh, Jim, what did you see out there?
2: Well, first of all, I, I saw Alcaraz leading 4-1 in this tiebreaker, Andy, and just shocked that he was not able to put anything together from there. He'd lose six straight points. A lot of that was because the guy in red hitting shots like this, that who else is hitting shots like that? Who else is thinking of being that aggressive? Normally, it's Alcaraz who plays that kind of high-wire tennis, but it was Marujan who decided that he was going to take the racket out of the Spaniard's hands time and time again. And he showed also that he could use some deft touch to combat Alcaraz's all-court awesomeness. It was a shock, to say the least. Had
1: doubled the winners of Alcaraz, won nearly 70% of the points when he came to net. Just the third loss for Alcaraz this year. A fab day for Fabian, who joined Prakash at the desk.
0: It takes a lot to beat Carlos. He's lost only two matches this year. Very difficult three-set matches. The first time he's lost in straight sets. How, how, how on earth did you did you get this done I mean it's, guys uh, I'm really happy about this match it's, it's not easy to say something I mean beating the the number one in the world uh, as I think he he played at least a semi-final on every tournament this year so yeah it's an amazing feeling to beat him in the second round uh, I'm just really happy about this. I mean, and the fans was, was amazing today on the court. Uh, this is my first time in a huge center court. So, yeah, everything is new for me, and I just try to, to enjoy this, this moment. He surprised me a, a lot. I mean, he, his level was
3: really, really high, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he's going to break the, the, top, the top 100 very, very soon. So it was, it was uh, surprising
0: for me.
1: Almost an Elena Rabacana-like reaction at the end of that match for Fabian. Just cool, calm, collected. Seventh player, ranked outside the top 100 to be the top two player since 2015, Andy. How did he do it?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, what I said during the highlight, he was playing a lot of defense up the line on Carlos Alcaraz, uh, which I don't know if Carlos didn't have his footing. I've heard uh, the courts in Rome are uh, maybe they applied a little too much clay, which affects movement. It affects the way the ball bounces. But credit to him for kind of, uh, figuring out patterns that were working, and not—you could see Carlos play up the line and then shade to expect a cross-court return. And he—he w- he was drilling him line uh, on defense from weird positions. He would be hitting the kind of the fadeaway forehand where you'd think he would be hitting the Jim Courier inside-out, and then at the last minute he would pull it to Carlos's forehand. So I don't know that 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 Chucky ever got uh, completely comfortable uh, in the match today. And the other thing he did—80% of his serves—and this is a guess. Jim's the uh, the the hardcore data guy, but it looked like he was serving wide on everything and trying to create that space to have the option to create space to the open court or to play against the movement of of, of the old Chuckster, which he did uh, very, very well today.
1: Alcaraz said himself, he was surprised with the effort on the other side of the net. Is this a one-off or have we discovered a game plan? To defeat Alcarus.
2: Well, we've been trying to figure out how do you take it to Carlos because he's had the two losses this season and keep in mind the one loss to, to Norrie. He led a set in three love and then got injured and gamely fought on. So really only one true loss in full health and that was the Yannick center who bullied him and used his backhand down the line a lot to try and nullify the movement. But what center doesn't quite possess just yet is command of the drop shot and that's something that was a real apparent weapon today for for this guy I mean this guy Marujan hit 18 drop shots against Alcaraz 18 of them and guess how many he won 15 of 18 normally that's Carlos's secret weapon that's no longer a secret but maybe the the uh, answer to combating Carlos is beating him to the punch on the drop shot because you know Alcaraz is brilliantly quick but he likes to be in control, and that's what I think that this Hungarian did so well today, was he eliminated that option. He took the racket away from Alcaraz in control of what was going on for much of this match, and that's what Alcaraz explained quite clearly. He was never comfortable, and that's because he was never in command.
1: 15 of 18 drop shot attempts, he won. That's incredible for Fabian Marajan, who uh, upsets the number two, about to be number one player, in the world, Andy Roddick. But could this be some sort of a blessing in disguise heading into Roland Garros?
3: I don't know. I mean, l- listen, normally you're worried about going deep in Rome. There's a week in between if you're carrying some sort of injury. Uh, I don't think there was any downside with with Carlos Alcaraz going deep uh, in this tournament, especially in a, in a spaced out event where you have more recovery days. Uh, there, there is more time. I don't personally think it affects My opinion of the way Carlos Alcaraz is going to enter the French Open, I think he's just as much as a favorite as I thought he was yesterday. Uh, But, you know, two weeks is an awkward amount of time. I wouldn't be surprised if he got into an EXO in Paris somewhere just to get some reps that aren't quite practice reps going in. So maybe minor adjustments uh, in the preparation in the week leading up to Roland Garros. But as far as a, a stress mechanism, I don't think his team should be too concerned past the strategic stuff that may be exploited uh, some of the things for uh, for Alcaraz today.
2: Yeah, hard to agree with Andy on that. If this was 2022 and Madrid had just finished on Sunday and and there were one week tournaments, and then you're trying to back that up and try and and win 10 matches over basically 14 days, then you could say there's a server lining. I'm going to get some rest. It may have been too much tennis and maybe a risk of injury if I play it on, but not with this now spaced out one month of Madrid-Rome scenario. No, you want the matches, you want the points, you want the confidence, you want all of that. Now it's an awkward reset in many ways, but I definitely agree. It doesn't, I, doesn't change my view, nor should it change Team Alcaraz's view of what their mission and what their confidence level should be going in to uh, Roland Garros. What you have to recognize is this is a learning moment. And that's what Juan Carlos needs to make this for him, a teachable moment. Players are going to try different strategies against you. What did we do today that we could do differently if this happens again? And I think the answer for me is you need to play a little bit more of what we're we're considering, that mature tennis that is kind of yet to come from Alcaraz, play more through the center of the court, maybe not take as much risk, try and stretch this match out and see if Mauro Jean can hang with you in that. Don't make it at shot-making because that guy is just playing – you know, lights out tennis. He's in a dreamlike stake. And in two sets, he can keep that up. Best of five sets, much more difficult to do. So this mm-hmm. is a teachable moment for Alcaraz and his team. He's got no better teacher than than who he's got on his team with Juan Carlos Ferrero. So you take that time. You look at the tape. You spend an extra day on that probably and then hit the reset button, and here we come for Roland Garros. Mm.
1: Marajan said everything was perfect today, certainly for Team Alcaraz. You're glad it happened in Rome and not at Roland Garros. Still ready to take those lessons and go forward to Paris. We go forward. To our guy, Francis Tiafo, taking on Lorenzo Musetti. Tiafo coming off his first win ever in Rome, Jim.
2: Yep, and uh, taking on a very talented uh, Italian in Musetti, who has added a lot of beef to his game in the last couple of seasons. Got a lot of horsepower on all the shots, and Tiafo needed to bring out all of his weapons to compete. He came from a breakdown in this set and was able to steal it late. This is before the rain really set in. There was a drizzle happening throughout this match, but it started to get worse in the second set. But Tiafo, with his offensive tactics, able to draw the double on set point. But the second set, the rains were, were coming. And that's when it got more difficult for, for Francis to finish. That's when Musetti used his ability to stretch the court with a lot of top spin on the forehand and the backhand to settle the score. But in the third set, Tiafo didn't want to play. It was raining hard. At this moment, they had stopped play on both center court and on the grandstand court. They're on Petrangeli here. They're the only court in play. And Tiafo was understandably upset about that because things weren't quite going his way. He'd lost the second set. He would end up losing his serve in the opening stanza of this set. Goes down a break of serve when he didn't want to be on the court and, frankly, should not have been on the court. So... We got to listen to Francis talk about this a little bit because he was not happy. We're going to wait on court for now, okay? No, but that, but,
0: but that, but that right there is what kills me. We're going to wait on court. No, but that, but that right there is what kills me. I'm complaining to it in the first game. I, I know, Francis. Fif- Fifteen. But, no, no, no. Don't say I know because now I'm going to break because it's getting heavier now. But it has like, been reason. like this the whole time, bro. No, Honey, the court's been. checked the radar. That's why. That's why we we're. I don't care doing about the radar. I'm like we're, you're looking at the sky. But this is exactly what I'm talking about. But then now we stop. Well, we, we, pause, we pause and see how it's, it's going to
1: be like. Uh, so you hear from Francis Tiafo there, Andy. Jim said they should not have been playing. What do you think?
3: Yeah, it's it's frustrating as a player. I, I've been in that situation, and Francis handled it a million times better than I used to. Uh, you know, when you say, listen, this isn't playable. I'm a player. I can feel my movement. I can feel the balls. This We shouldn't be out here. And then to get broken, actually have uh, the, the match impacted negatively from where you sit. Uh, is is extremely frustrating. And oh, by the way, you know, it, it, it looks like Independence Day there, like with the, the black cloud over the city. And they're telling you we're just going to sit out here and hang out in the cold rain for a little bit. Uh, I would have been unpleased uh, is the nicest way I could say that. And they shouldn't have been hanging out there.
1: <laughs> All right. So so what do you do now if you're Francis? Because now, uh, listen, you don't have to go back out today. You get the night off. You get yeah. to get some good pasta and come back out with a fresh attitude
2: tomorrow. You hope you have the same outcome that you had a couple days ago when you were playing Daniel Altmeyer, You were struggling in, in the muddy conditions and, and they, they called play. You came back in drier conditions the next day and you played better and you succeeded. So you're hoping that, that you're going to be able to replicate that formula. But I think there's a bigger conversation, really, to be had about this, not about this specific match. But when we have a scenario, when we're in a modern communications age, the ATP supervisors do have walkie-talkies. When two of the three courts in play have shut down and sent the players to the locker room, and the player on court in question that's still in play is demanding that you stop and you deny him that, we need some common-sense rules, and we need to have... It's not like... You know, there's a roof over one court here. You know, this is a, a relatively small complex, the Foro Italico. There needs to be something. We need to, ATP need to issue a statement, I think, about what mm. the rule is on this and how they can say one court is playable and two others aren't. Because, listen, I'm in the television business now. We want the product. We want TV ongoing. We want live tennis, but not at the risk of our players' health. And not when common sense isn't there. I just do not understand this, and I want to better understand it. So I would invite the ATP to send out a statement or let us know why this is a possibility. Because it absolutely should not be. And if I was Tiafo, mm-hmm. I would be three times as angry when I got to the locker room and saw that those guys had already taken a shower and were already eating pasta, and I just came off the court. I'd be furious.
1: I totally agree. Andy, what are your thoughts? Yeah,
3: I think Jim already sounds furious and it doesn't it's even affect his match. Uh, but I think he's I think he's spot on. I i, I just don't know in what world uh, you, you're you, the weather is the same on the, you know, the grandstand as in this stadium. Like, why is why are there inconsistencies uh, with this? And 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 if there is a reason for those inconsistencies, why are they not better explained to the two guys that are still on court rather than just, hey, just wait? Well, I'd like some answers. No, we're just going to wait. That is so frustrating when you're in the heat of the battle. Uh, listen, we're, we're not great at kind of handling and looking at things objectively when we're on court, but even less so when it's just nonsensical like it was today for Francis.
1: Yeah, I mean, this isn't like a Charlie Brown cloud that's just like over one court and it's not on the other one. No, it was, it was no. raining. It was raining everywhere. So yep. Francis has reason to be upset, but hopefully... Settles down tonight. Listen, it Settles was good for to Musetti. You
2: know, there's two sides of that coin. Musetti got the benefit of it.
1: Some other suspended action from today. Stefano Tsitsipas up a set against the Italian Lorenzo Sonigo. And how about JJ Wolf three all on serve right now against yeah. Alexander Zverev? Can I
2: just pipe in for one second? I'm wondering if sonigo had won the opening set against Tsitsipas if they would let play continue with that momentum. Just throwing <laughs> a, throwing another, you know, another bomb into the air here and seeing what sticks. <laughs>
1: Pro Italian, just potentially.
3: Well, uh, is it is it pro Italian or are they just they just are into like Ralph Macchio lookalikes?
2: <laughs> I don't I don't know, but I will say this: the, the first court to stop play, and they did long before uh, the stadium did, was the court with Sasha Zverev on it. And given what Sasha endured with that fall, yes. which was not related to rain at Roland Garros, but the the horrible uh, you know breaking of mm-hmm. the three tendons, you know, there Carlos Bernardes, his chair umpire, was out of his seat, and they stopped play very quickly. And they were the first one stopped yeah. by probably 15 minutes. So, um, you know, then, that, that was odd. You're talking about that mental scar
3: tissue, Jim. And, and just for, for those at home that haven't played a lot of reps on clay, when it is muddy, your outside of your foot sticks and the most likely thing to happen is your ankle going over so that's a great point that Jim makes against Vera. you kind of dig into the clay and then when you go overboard it's even more insignificant so that, that, that's a great point. Vera probably wanted he, he was probably having some mental demons go through his his brain with that uh, what he's gone
1: through with that ankle yeah. you got to empathize with all the players however in that type of a situation you don't want that to happen to anybody
2: Yep. Yeah, you know who might be the happiest about the situation though Don in Because she was going up to play Iga Swiatek today, and she had a long match yesterday. She she got a, you Mm -hmm. know, saw the trainer. She gets another day to Mm -hmm. rest, and you need everything in your power to take on Iga.
1: You certainly do. Speaking of the women, let's get to the highlights of a match that did get in today. Marjeta Vondrosova, former Roland Garros runner-up, coming off the upset of Maria Sakkari, taking on Elena Rabakina, Jim and Rebokina said Rome is the worst for her allergies. She had a cure for the Czech lefty.
2: Dad, the only good news about the rains also is that it does keep the pollen counts down, so that's got to be helping Rabakina, who we know is a force it, whenever she can stay in control in the rallies. Well, Drusova's, is has uh, got a lot more options, but she doesn't have the firepower that uh, Rabakina does, and the firepower won the day today, so able to... To get things going, 6-3, 4-1. I really thought this was an upset special. I did not really expect Robachna to get through this the way Vondrosov has been playing this week. But Robachna able to dominate things. It's a nice nice little break back there, but it wouldn't be enough. Uh, match point here, the second one for uh, Elena. She would get the job done. And as usual, very effusive.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. 28 winners to just 13 for drosova First clay court 1,000 quarterfinal for Elena Rybakina. Still to come, it is one of the greatest serves in tennis history. Our own Andy Roddick, more than 9,000 aces. We break it down to the bones later on TC Live.
2: In hindsight, it's, it's easy, but uh, when it first came out, it was kind of a head scratch. How are they gonna fill the,
0: the grid, the programming? Nowadays, uh, that was a no-brainer. I think it's a game changer to be able to show just one niche product, and uh, I love it. I think it's a great platform for the fans to get to know the players that normally will not
2: be on TV. It's a great opportunity for those guys to, to get an audience. I think it's, a, it's a storytelling for everybody, and uh, that is something that uh,
0: never happened before. So I think it's opening doors for, for the fan, for the players. Happy birthday, Tennis Channel.
1: Thank you for that, Nico. All right, FanDuel match preview time. Let's look at the results from yesterday. We've got a winner, Veronica Kudermatova, over Marie Boskova, 2-2, two and two, the former Charleston champ. Followed up for semifinal in Madrid with a quarterfinal in Rome. So here is the FanDuel pick for Tuesday. Borna Choric over Fabian Marajan. Choric, the heavy favorite. You would have to wager 230 bucks to win $100 on the Croatian. But we now know Fa- Fabian loves a big upset after defeating Carlos Alcaraz today. Right now, FanDuel giving all new users 10 times your first bet in bonus bets. Up to $200, win or lose. Download the FanDuel Sports app now and start making every moment more. Back with more TC Live after this. Jim, Andy, Steve, back on TC Live. The Grand Slam excitement from the red clay in Paris is almost here. Tennis Channel will once again bring you daily live coverage of Roland Garros. Don't miss any of the action beginning Sunday, May 28th. We've got a TC Live on Saturday, May 27th. Less than two weeks away from the year's second major. Back to Roma we go. We've got Yelena Ostapenko in action. Last four matches have all included a bagel. Win or lose, Jim, taking on Daria Kazakina. So when
2: was it coming? Not in the opening set. Kazakina and Ostapenko locking horns here. (laughs) A lot of big ball striking. I mean, Ostapenko has so much firepower at her disposal, and you never know when it's going to stay on plane. The first set. Going just fine for her. The second set, things will get a little bit tricky for her. Kazakina, little shock absorption down the line pass. Here's double set point for Dasha. She gets it done into the third. She's got all the momentum right. Whoops! That'd be the last game she'd win. Here comes a bagel. You knew it had to be. And uh, Ostapenko gets the early break and never lets go of that momentum. Uh, are we about ready to start calling her one of the favorites for Roland Garros? Because I am. Obviously, Svantec, the heavy favorite, Savalenka, should be in that conversation as well. But Ostapenko knows what it's like to win seven in Paris. And she gets it done again here today, brilliantly in set three.
1: Third quarter in Rome. She knows what she's doing when it comes to that red clay. 2017 Roland Garros champion. Some other results from today. Daniil Medvedev, Andre Rublev, Beatrice Haddad Maya, and Angelina Kalinina all coming through with victories. All right, time now for the social net. And our friends at Tennis House on Instagram put out a 3D skeleton breakdown of our Andy's serve alongside Andy Murray. Our Andy, what do you think about this?
3: I got a a bit of a lower elbow. I think, you know, he drags the foot a little bit, but I will say this is probably the only shot that I would have any confidence with this actual side-by-side in this matchup. This is the only shot, the follow-through looks pretty similar, but this is the only shot where I feel like I might have the upper hand
2: against Sir Andy Murray. Where's the metal hip? For Murray, I mean that's a huge <laughs> miss, by the way. In this one. I don't know what they were thinking. That that should be flashing some sort of a plutonium yeah. device, but you know it's different, different, uh, uh, totally different. Andy is it's a platform serve, doesn't move the back foot. Murray has the step up, in he comes. They both obviously load a lot with the legs down low, but your elbow, a lower elbow means what,
3: Andy Roddick? It means more power you can go up and get it and hit it harder and create more spin. You one of the big things with every big server, whether you bring the foot up or whether you go off of a platform, is that big knee bend and that drive up into the ball. You will not see a big server that has the straight legs. Uh, Jim with massive server, revolutionized the serve, and then that first ball, but had that thick knee bend also. Uh, you can see it with Murray, you can see it with me. Uh, take your choice on what you want to do with your foot, but the non-negotiable is, is using those legs to get up through the ball.
1: 9,074 aces for our Andy Roddick. Nearly 12 aces a match, ranked sixth all-time. Murray, ranking 20th all-time. And today, happy 36th birthday to Andy Murray, 36 years young. Jim, what would you like to tell Andy Murray on his birthday?
2: Uh, just keep going as long as you can. I mean, he's obviously got so much to look forward to the rest of his life with his family and other business pursuits. But you only really get one big run at it, and he's certainly take as big of, big of a bite out of pro tennis as he can. He's, he's done something that uh, took 77 years to do. Became the first British man since Fred Perry. That was not easy. I saw Tim Heman have to deal with that stress, Murray able to make it so he's he's done so much for our sport and he's been a great voice for the sport as well with lots of valid opinions on lots of different topics so triple thumbs up if i had three thumbs i'd give it to him
1: (laughs) and ronick i'll have you react to to this we we love andy murray because well he's sarcastic he's funny he tweeted this today if i don't get a cake of equal size if not slightly bigger than alcaraz today referencing the cake that carlitos got in madrid i'm going to be absolutely bleeping." Furious. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, I, one, I don't think
3: he cares even in the slightest. <laughs>
1: Two, I
3: think he's, uh, I think he's poking our, our, uh, Philly Lopez, who I think he's won the Queen's doubles title with, uh, before. And if, if, I, if memory serves correct, I think Lopez may have responded to Murray and then deleted that response. Maybe he, maybe it got a little too hot in the Twitter sphere for Philly.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, this is, this is what makes Murray so great. W- wants that big cake? F- Feli did delete it. I actually sent, I sent Roddick the, the, the tweet, and he was like, I can't open it up. It's gone. I was like, oh, I took a screenshot. Here you go. <laughs> that- that's what Lopez said. You-, you can silence the doubles players on the court, but Twitter lives forever, Feli. Remember that? Oh, that's funny. Here's our schedule on Tuesday. We begin bright and early, 5 a.m. Eastern. We're live on T2 at 8 a.m. Eastern, TC Live. We're back at it again, 5 p.m. Eastern. Encore coverage all night long. More after this. Back on TC Live with a look at our featured matches. On a Tuesday in Rome, we got some good ones. Novak Djokovic, Cam Nori, Veronica Kudermatova against Zhang Chinwen. How about Yannick Sinner? Back in action against Francisco Sarundolo and Angelina Kalinana. Beat Maddie Keyes today, taking on Beatrice Haddad Maya. All starts at 5 a.m. Eastern. Let us discuss... Novak Djokovic taking on Cam Norrie, 2-0 head-to-head for Novak Djokovic. First match on clay. What do you what do you expect to see? Look,
2: Cam's good on clay. Let us Novak. So I, I got to go with Novak. But as we saw today, you know things are a little bit unpredictable in sports. So. We'll see how this shakes out. What Cam Norrie does well is he grinds. Cam Norrie has some of the best lungs and legs in men's tennis, and he's not afraid of the long rallies. What he lacks at times is the ability to finish. His forehand has gotten a lot better as a finishing shot. His backhand is rock solid, very flat. But if Djokovic is tuned in and tuned up, I think he's going to tune him on the clay, too. I expect that would be one-way traffic if Djokovic plays his normal game.
1: Andy, what's the game plan for Cam Norrie? yeah
2: it's
3: it's a challenge because the one shot that he uses very well to create space and to kind of uh maybe protect the forehand not having the pace that he was like is driving that back deep cross court to the forehand and then opening up that side to the backhand where you can hit that little roller derby uh, forehand obviously novak on the forehand side can switch directions he's going to find the pattern uh, before Nori is Nori the non-negotiables are he has to mix up his second serve and where he hits it. If Novak has a beat on where you're serving your second serve, that means you're picking up the ball four or five feet in front of the baseline all day straight on you and it's tough to create angles from there. He's gonna have to open up the shoulders on the forehand more than he likes to do. Those are that's what the greats do. They force you to be a little bit more uncomfortable than you'd like to be over and over again.
1: Unfortunately we will not get Novak Djokovic Carlos Alcaraz for the first time this year. We will get Iga Fiantec in action tomorrow. Three of her four sets have been bagels so mm-hmm. far in Rome. Looking forward to that one from her. And a reminder right now on Tennis.com, we've got multiple articles celebrating the 20th anniversary of Tennis Channel. Steve Tigner, Joel Drucker, have you covered. We've also got blowout coverage of this massive upset. Fabian Marjan, remember the name. Thanks for watching TC Live.